New Orleans. Four enter. One leaves. Duke in North Carolina. Career finale? Or live to dance another day? Coach K. Longing for his last dance to be his best. All that stands in his way is a band of Tar Heels, led by a 6'9 lumberjack, a kid from New York, a younger dandelion named Puff, the love from Missouri, a guy with the coolest name ever, Armando Becat, and the greatest hype man at the helm. An eight seed in the final four. Triumphs. Ending the career of none other than Coach Mike Krzyzewski. Ooh, ooh. After four decades, the most hated team in basketball is finally gone. Relief. Take it all in. The man behind them all, JJ Reddick, Kyrie Irving, Bobby Hurley, Shane Battier, and the worst of them all, Christian Leitner is now retired and will forever be stained knowing that North Carolina owns Coach K and his legacy of losing to UNC in his last season twice. <laughs> Coach K, happy retirement. Rest easy. And if Tom Brady calls, please do not pick up. <laughs> Welcome to the Valley Variety with Ben Yates and Jacob Jones. Wow, that was, that was spectacular. That was, man, well, that's, 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 I think it's the end of me trying to outgo and outdo intros. That's not really sure. Top a two-minute intro. <laughs> yeah, that's a, man, I thought me being the P announcer of the, the Suns was good, but man, that preparation was out of this world. I spent the entire bus ride back from Tempe today to do that. I bet. Yeah, that I wrote it all. That was... But I think the moral of the story of all of this is that he's gone. He is gone. Which is kind of which is kind of weird to believe that a guy who's been there for so long is now, you know, gone. Which is, it's just, you know, I'm still trying to comprehend that, you know, when I watch games next year, Coach K won't be the coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four decades of Coach K being a coach at Duke. He's the one who started it all. Uh, really, like, Duke was nothing before Coach K came around. He started the blue blood uh, rise of Duke. Uh, and they are here to stay even past his uh, retirement. We don't know who the coach is next. There's, you know, there's rumors and everywhere. But no one really knows until, you know, something finally, you know, shows up. Like, oh, hey, it's not Coach K, but here's our next guy. He won't be as you know, dominant, but mm-hmm. here he is. <laughs> yeah, and it you know that UNC Duke game, it didn't it didn't live up to the hype. 
it surpassed. Yeah, it hype. was it was the greatest basketball game in March Madness history. Just the back and forth, you know, we were watching together, and just the it was like watching a poem in motion. Mm-hmm. It was such it was just a perfect game, and it ended perfectly, unless you're a Duke fan. But even even Duke fans gotta admit, right? That was that was pretty good. Yeah, to participate in that game, like. Baycott even said this, Armando Baycott, the greatest name of all time. Uh, he said that when he was going out in an injury during that game, because he got hit on the ankle pretty hard or something right. like that, yeah. uh, he went to the locker room for like a second, it looked like, and we thought, oh no, mm-hmm. North Carolina's over. Yeah. Then he started running back to the court. And like, what is he doing? He's risking an injury coming back out here. But he said after the game, like, I'm not going to miss playing in the greatest college basketball game of all time yeah and it was it he was not wrong about that it seriously was the greatest college basketball game i've ever seen and this is only, that was only the semifinal semifinal right of <laughs> and you know the national championship another great game you know and but i don't but i think watching that it was like well if this doesn't live up to unc can duke then you mm-hmm. know and well, i mean the national championship didn't disappoint either no, i mean uh, you were disappointed but, well, yeah, but that's for a different reason. <laughs> yeah, for a very different but, reason. But, man, you got to hand it to Kansas. Amazing, amazing comeback. Uh, led by a former Sun Devil, Remy Martin. Oh, yeah. Who is now a national champion. And uh, as uh, Sun Devils, uh, you know, there's a lot of back and forth on whether or not we should be happy for Remy because of the way he left. But, you know, if I'll answer that question right now. Yes. You have to be happy for You should for be him. absolutely happy for Remy Martin. You know, this guy... Put in the work at ASU and uh, left his final year of eligibility because he knew what was coming this year. He knew ASU was going to have try to have a rebound year and really trying to step into a new era. And he wasn't going to be here for it, but you know, right. like he really took the helm and took the responsibility at Kansas. And you know, Sun Devil Nation should be extremely proud and happy for him. And it's not like he didn't do anything while he was here. I mean, he beat Kansas before he even that's went the, there that's twice. The you know, that's why I thought it was so funny when he went to Kansas. Yeah. Man, the irony of you know, beating the team that was number two in the country when you first beat them. Yeah, and then number and one then number the one next year, yeah. When you beat them in Tempe. And then you go and lead them to a national championship. Yeah, that's that's just something. That's You can't write that. Right. You know? I mean, he was coming off the bench, but, I mean, the minutes and the points he came off that bench with was spectacular. Well, I think Remy has found his perfect role. He yeah. found his perfect role at Kansas of the sixth man. Right, that explosion off the bench. And I think that's what he started as at ASU. But as you know, time went on, people left, Remy had to take on a bigger role. You know, which means Remy's games came into the forefront of having to lead a team and then take as many shots as he did. Which is why he got so much, you know, you know what, from ASU fans who thought he was just who thought he was a ball hog. But, you know, that's also because that's what Remy's game was. Remy's game was meant for that sixth man kind of come off the bench and bring the power noise. You know, that's Remy's game. Right. And I don't I think you know, I think it just worked perfectly at Kansas and Bill Self um really used his potential, you know, perfectly. And you know, that's why they're national champions right now. Yeah, and this was a great March Madness. Last year was, you know, it felt like a you know, a copy of March Madness. Like it wasn't all there. Right. Like you you saw the U UCLA Gonzaga game and that was the greatest game of that tournament. But you know, after that, like, nothing else felt much like it was March. It was just, like, a good, you know, you had your little intake of March Madness that you've missed for the past two years. Mm-hmm. But this year was, like, it felt so good to yeah. have March back 
Uh, and I mean, it was great to have that back, but our brackets were not so happy yeah, at the no, end of the day. I mean, this was a bad year for brackets around the country. Right. It was just, I mean, that's what, I think that's what made it such a good March is that, you know, that I think also just the comeback. It felt like March again. Last year didn't really feel like March. It felt because you still had, you know, seats blocked off and there wasn't full capacity and then like the bands couldn't be there. Exactly. But this year we had it. We had it all back. We had the cheerleaders. We had the band. We had the cheerleaders saving the game on multiple occasions. Yeah, twice. Having to go grab the basketball when it it clanked up in the, the little, what's it called, the little camera well section. Yeah. I mean, man, that I mean, it showed up on one shining moment. It was yeah. that. It was that it good. Exactly. And I thought Bobon was good, the best at that, but no cheerleaders. No, it's that's and then Macau Bridges did it again in the NBA. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I think they were playing the Thunder just a few <laughs> nights ago. Um, a ball got stuck. And the, uh, you know, how they have the floor cleaners. And so they gave it to Macau because he's lengthy. And he went up and popped it out. And I was like, where have I seen this before? Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, you know, nomenclature now. It's like, exactly. it's just that's just, I mean, what a perfect march. Yeah. I, I will update, because we had a bracket challenge group that we put together. Uh, the loser, uh, the worst bracket is the one that, was put together by the random people yeah. that we interviewed throughout the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, from Oregon to Southern California to right here in Tempe and Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, it was last place because Colgate was the national yes. champion there. Yes. Uh, Toothpaste school. And Georgia State, the 16th seed that was brutally beaten by Gonzaga, was in the Final Four as well. So <laughs> there was yes. no chance. There was no chance. Man, that was it's just uh, a... In fact, I believe three out of the four teams that were in the final four of this bracket all went out in the first round. So, <laughs> yeah. um, it's been, I mean, a great run for that bracket. Uh, and I said we would compare it to Joe Lenardi. Uh, it's not even close. Joe Lenardi won by about uh, 590 points. So, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, <laughs> that was just, it's, God, just, I mean, it's the, so many things going on, you know. Right. And, bra- and that's why brackets are so funny, especially around this time. Because, you know, they're all guesses, and they're all, you just throw them out there, and you try to see, but you try to use analytics, and you try to use your experience. Sure. And then St. Peter's goes to the Elite Eight. It's like, okay, let's slow down. Let's, and, you know, and then they run into UNC, which was unfair, you know, and the way UNC plays and the way they, they controlled the tempo just was too much for them. Which is not a problem, you know, I don't think anyone thought you were going to get past the first round, you know, but Doug Eddard and the boys went and did it, and just, it just, and then, like you were saying, having an eight seed in the final four, and then the national championship, and then everything leading up to it, I think is why it just was such a cool, and like we were saying before, it's just nice to kind of have March back, it's, you know, I feel like March Madness really got back on its feet this year. Right. Of Like, it felt like, you know. March, and then he had one shining moment again. Yeah, it felt like one shining moment was actually back too. I think after twenty twenty, I think people were still kind of rebounding from twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah, you know, it, I think they still had to take a lot of precautions in terms of like how much they could do. And the crowd wasn't there either. Yeah, I mean, it was an empty stadium they played in, and, mm-hmm. and but they had it. But this year they had an NBA arenas. We had some in San Fran. Yeah. We had some in Milwaukee, and the Superdome in New Orleans, like yeah. filled. Filled up. Yeah, our former guest, uh, Jake Brown. Oh yeah, being there and just 
even though he didn't go anywhere spectacular in New Orleans. Yeah, we, we talked about, we talked to this guy, and I asked, like, did you go to Cafe Du Monde or Mother's Kitchen? He said no. He didn't have gumbo or jambalaya? He didn't go to New Orleans. It's, almost, went, like, it's almost like he didn't go to New Orleans. He I went don't to, think he did. To, he went to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Poll question, did Jake Brown go to New Orleans? Or Yeah, <laughs> New Orleans or No Orleans. No Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Shame on you, Jake. You got to get the whole princess and the frog treatment, you know. Amen. Got to go get beignets and yeah, and chowder and, and yeah, and gumbo. Right, get kissed by a frog, everything. Yeah, and you got to go get those beads and I some mean, voodoo. Yeah. Yes, yeah, go turn into a frog. I mean, that's what that's what it's all about. That's what New Orleans is all about. It really is. Is that what New Orleans, New Orleans is all about? Yes or no? I mean, it's like any city. It's like if you come to Phoenix, you have to go get sunburnt. That's what we're all about. Valley of the Sun. It's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. That it's, I don't no, even talk about no, it. No, I, I thought Chuck was coming out. <laughs> Sorry. Just, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just ridiculous, Kenny. I asked for it. It's okay. Ridiculous. Uh, so now I think it's time for another Jones Minute. Yes. Uh, we're I, think out of, I think we're out of March Madness. You know, we're, we went through the one shining moment, uh, you know, that what, what was uh, Coach K's final year, mm-hmm. uh, the glory of it all. Uh, and now it's time for baseball to come back. It is. Uh, Jake, Jacob has been waiting for this forever. Uh, with all what Manfred has done, what the players are protesting against, um, everything that baseball has been leading up to, to right now, uh, is going to be summed up in just one minute by Jacob Jones. Do you have the clock ready? Uh, the clock is ready. I'm going to start you when I feel like it. I'm going to end you when I feel like it. Right. So here we go. Uh, in three, two, one. Well, this Jones Minute is, con- is out to uh, and dedicated to baseball fans. We've been waiting a long time for this, and it was very unsure. And why I'm taking this moment is that it was a month ago. We didn't know whether or not baseball was coming back. Hmm. We were still in the midst of CBA talks where um, Robert Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, was fighting with the MOBPA. And to be honest, I don't care if they came to a CBA. I don't care about the next five years. I don't care about what's going on this year. It's back. It's about the game. It's about the game that we all care about. And that's what matters. And that's why opening day is so special. There's this lure and there's the flag and the national anthem and the flyovers. And that's what makes opening day so special. And I think the thought that might that might have been taken away from us, from a guy who doesn't care about the game, who called the World Series trophy a piece of metal, you know, this matters to us. And tomorrow's going to be a really special day, not only in the state of Arizona where baseball is so big, but all around the country. So if you can, come down, watch a game, grab a hot dog, go to a stadium, go see some games this year. It's back, you know? Don't care about attendance, don't care about records, it's back. It's done, you're over. I care about attendance too, Jacob. Yeah, well, <laughs> one guy that doesn't care about attendance is Mr. Rob Manford, and that was dedicated yeah. to you, Rob. Thank, thanks. Is it a piece of metal, yes or no? Oh, gosh, that's that's upsetting. <laughs> that, that, just, that's, that culminated his whole, his whole career. He's calling it a piece of metal, and that that's just disappointing, you know, just disappointing. But we are on to the next topic. The NBA playoffs are upon us. <sighs> we are, the regular season ends on Sunday. We have all the afternoon games, and the playing tournament starts on Tuesday. Oof. This is, uh, we are coming to the later half of the season, and uh, we are ready, and I am ready. But uh, one person that seems that he's not ready is Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I think he has to get his game together. That was we saw something really upsetting. Um, <laughs> upsetting is a, like a low 
the, bar for what that the, is. The other day, where I'm not <laughs> sure if you saw it, it was very subtle, but um, you know, I know Quinn is a very, uh, you know, very hyped up coach, kind of like Bobby, and uh, right. when he's passionate, you know, very passionate, yeah. and so, but he also chews gum during games, which you know a lot of people do, but his yeah. gum fell out of his mouth. Yeah, he was yelling at the ref and onto the, the hardtop. Yeah, right, right on the wood of the floor where people are falling over, sweaty lump, like huge lards of men falling all over this wood, and he spits gum right out onto it, and then picks it right back up. Yeah, and puts it into his mouth like nothing happened. You gotta, you gotta explain yourself. <laughs> uh, what was that? A five second rule or uh, no? I mean, a five second rule is kind of considered for. You know, I can understand it some places, but not on an NBA floor. This is a great poll question. Does the five-second rule apply here, yes or no? Yeah, I, no, I, I, I mean, not when you got, you know, the Jokic's and the the Lowry's falling over the floor. Speaking of Lowry, oh, yeah, the city of Toronto has, has really shown their appreciation for him so much that they made him a statue. Out of styrofoam. Not the Raptors. Yeah. The the city of Toronto tr- Raptor fans. Yeah. Made a D U or D Y how do you DIY. Do DIY. Do it yourself. Yes, I sorry that 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 was so that was used so much in That was definitely a That was well used so said, much well done moment. Right. That was used so much in quarantine that I think I I almost had PTSD just like thinking about how many times I heard that and marched through 2 so months that's ago. That's the reason I remember what it is because I heard it D- so much. And then, I think I've never been on Pinterest so much. <laughs> I, I didn't even know what Pinterest was. Yeah, until COVID. Yeah, until COVID. Yeah. yeah they had, they had, everyone, agree. everyone did it. Everyone had their favorite banana bread recipe on there. <laughs> the banana bread. How much banana bread did you eat? I mean, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of it, but, but I think everyone else in the world was. So All right, like, we're going. Know, we're I'll, going off script here. Okay. <laughs> either way. Either way. We're going. We're going off the rails <laughs> with banana bread. I know. It's. It's. <laughs> you bring up. You bring up banana bread, and it's. Banana yeah, bread. I just, can you stop? Let's banana bread. Get off the banana bread. Banana bread. Stop. Sorry. But Sorry. something else happened last night. Banana bread? Uh, yes, that. But uh, something oh. here in Phoenix. Oh. Uh, that's... I'd rather have the uh, banana bread now. I, as a Suns fan, and uh, a lot of Suns fans, uh, are really happy about... I'm not. <laughs> well, as he says, it's wearing a... Phoenix, I am wearing a Suns hat. Suns I'm cap. wearing a Suns hat. I get it. I get it. I'm wearing a Suns hat after what just happened. And I've been waiting for this. We have eliminated the 2020 NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers from playoff contention. Whew! Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. But did, a lot did of Did you do it or did, or did the Spurs do it by winning a game? We did it. Phoenix, you did it. Suns fans, <laughs> you did it. And I'll tell you why this matters so much. Uh, last year when we eliminated the Lakers, that was a good feeling too. But there was a lot of excuses going excuses going around. You know, AD being sure. hurt in Game 4. You know, the Suns got well. an easy ride. So there was a lot of back and forth between Suns and Laker fans. Well, you know, wait for us when we get back healthy. You know, you guys have an easy path. And you guys really... Well, if you think about it this way, LeBron wasn't playing in this game either. So. Well, you know, I think that's kind of been the story of the... The season. That's isn't true. It? Like 29 ga- 21, like, 29 games together. Like yeah. like 37 different starting lineups? 39. 39? You have more starting lineup changes than you have wins. This is what Anthony Davis said. Yeah, I thought yeah. I did see that in his press conference yesterday. Yeah. But it's also been the. This has been culminating. You know, I think last night, it's not just because of the Lakers. 
last night's win meant something else as well. They won. They have won sixty three games this year. First time. We have Can't broken a franchise record. Chris and it Paul's came against fourth. and it came against the Los Angeles Lakers. That's the fourth franchise record that Chris Paul has broken. Yes, they yeah. he did it with the Clippers, the, the, and Clippers the, Rockets. the Rockets, and the Hornets, New Orleans Hornets. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now the Pelicans. Well, I would say New Orleans Hornets. That's probably more like a record setting because that's the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> that's like the beginning of the franchise was. Del Curry, and now it, then it became Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. So like he just—he's literally just setting the first bar. <laughs> it's like it's just that, that's what he does. That's where he goes. It's like it's just anywhere he goes, he just he brings that with him. But like I said, Suns fans, we did it. We did it. the Valley did it. This has been culminating for a long time. I also think it helps because all the talk that was going on in the off season when they got Russell, it, it was oh watch out. It was. And even as Suns fans, we were like, oh, here they come. But we have one thing in Phoenix that they don't have in Los Angeles. Uh, and that's not, you know, not having rings because we don't have that yet. 17. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we know. We know. Because <laughs> you guys keep bringing it up on Twitter. But we have something called leadership. That is one thing the Lakers do not have. I know you have the king, oh, no. but you do not have leadership. Talking about Frank Vogel, I am talking about Frank Vogel. Okay, who will, who will no longer be the coach <sighs> in 2022/23? Let, let me get something out of the way here because I got so much on my chest with this Lakers team. Sure, Frank Vogel is not the problem, and I'm tired of people saying that he is. I'm tired of it. The problem with this Lakers squad was having too much injury or LeBron, Westbrook, Anthony. I don't know. Who like what one problem was? There are so many that culminated into one. But Frank Vogel is not the one problem. It is not his fault that thirty nine starting lineups were put out there forcefully because he had to work with all these injuries. He had to work with all these roster changes. This is not Frank Vogel's fault. Oh God, sorry, I'm getting worked up here and I need, I'm a little dehydrated with Phoenix being ninety three degrees today. Welcome. Uh, <clears throat> I'm ruining the show with this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not Frank Vogel's fault, and I'm tired of it. Uh, I think he should stay. He's a great defensive coach if the Lakers can actually play some defense, which they failed to do this year. That's why it looks so bad. Frank Vogel is a defensive coach for a team that did not want to play defense. Yeah, this is just the – and that's kind of the problem with the Lakers' mentality right now. I think it's, easy, it's very easy to point fingers. Uh, in these kind of situations, and everything goes back to your head coach, and it's 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 unprecedented what he had to deal with um, this year, with uh, in terms of not having your 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 stars, you know the injuries that you did have to deal with. But on that note, who doesn't have to deal with injuries in a season? I mean, you have, and I think it's also the motivation part, and maybe that's why. Polinka's doing what he's doing um, because of motivation. You know, I don't think LeBron doesn't look very motivated. You know, he right. he sat out last night with the with his what it was his, his ankle. Is it the right ankle injury that he still? Whatever it is, it's not it's not good enough to take him out of the whole game. I, I don't, and um, I'm, this is another topic. But if he is the greatest player of all time, oh no, I don't then, like this debate now. Then. then then why aren't you out there? And uh, is it the 
effort and maybe it's the leadership and maybe it's they just don't have as much you know the chemistry you know i don't think there's not a lot of i don't feel like there's a lot of chemistry in the organization yeah i think the sons have the best chemistry and it's hard to you know i think it's hard to say it was a sons fan when you have like and you see them dancing in the hallway before hitting out to the floor right you know i think but magic johnson pointed to it you know and when he left yeah is, I, that, is that there's just like there's not a lot of com- chemistry in that organization and and Laker Nation, as they call it, there's just not a lot of cohesiveness. I, I made this point to you, and it's crazy when you think about it. But the last time the Lakers had a championship run, I thought they had the best chemistry in the league. Exactly. Uh, and That's what I was just thinking. About. And when I, what I saw from that, came mostly from Javale McGee. And now what we're talking about is the Suns having the best chemistry in the league, which is also the team that Javale McGee is leading the chemistry on. There's your poll question. Does JaVale McGee uh, contribute to positive chemistry on an NBA team? I think it definitely helps. <laughs> he's just, he's, as JaVale would say, I'm hanging with my dogs. And then they all bark. And, and I think DeAndre just keeps like keeps getting on his hands and knees and like almost like running out to the floor on his hands and knees by himself. They have to like hold him back, which is, which is just like, wow. Which is also kind of scary if you're like an opponent. Like, man, this is, this guy's going to, right. This guy. DeAndre doesn't bite. I promise you, he doesn't bite. He's he's super sweet. But mm. then when Javale gets gets you know you know motivational, I think I think it turns a switch on. Right, and he's hype. I mean, oh yeah, it's just it's not like, that he's just a contributing factor. He is the contributing factor to their chemistry. Like Chris Paul and D Book, Mikhail, they could have fun. Yeah. Kim Johnson, DeAndre, like you said, like they, mm-hmm. they have some fun. But Javale brings this energy and hype that yeah. is. Out of nowhere, and even on the, they did a FaceTime. You showed me this one. They did a FaceTime call from Javale when he was out. Yes, they did. Uh, and he was at home, and you know, doing the, you know, the chant before the game. Like, I got my dogs. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, all of them barking like yeah. dumb, like just madmen yeah. in the hallway before they go out and take down a Memphis Grizzlies team. Yeah, and before we go to the next topic, I just want to I just want to say something to uh, to ESPN really quick. No. This is not calling them out. Okay. First off, but uh, I'm uh, officially giving them permission to stop talking about the Lakers. Uh, I think, and it's hope- not going to happen. And hopefully today was the last um, last time that the Lakers are going to be the main story, as, as they were today. If you say so. Because they are no longer relevant. Mm. Not to this year. Uh, Maybe the future. If they want to go get someone, but this year they are no longer relevant. They're, they're gone. I disagree with this so much, though. They're such a conversation piece right now. And it's not because, you know, they're irrelevant. They are uh, just as irrelevant as Washington at this point. True. Like, no one's looking at Washington whether it's like, oh, what are they going to move for Bradley Beal? No one's talking about that. But the fact that one of the greatest players of all time with two other NBA 75 anniversary players are on the same team with him, Actually, three is Carmelo also one. Either way, like I think he was. was he at this? And Dwight Howard was a is on the team too, but isn't just looking outside looking in. Either way, that is a lot of star talent, like legends on one team, to not just talk about it and push it away. Like they're not gonna do that on ESPN. That's such a big story. What is Frank Vogel uh, gonna do next after this? Who's coming in after Frank Vogel? What's LeBron gonna do? What's Anthony gonna do? What's Russell Westbrook gonna do? What the what is Rob Polinka gonna do with this team? I get that. With that being said, <laughs> you just don't want to hear any more about they, it. I don't want to hear it because there are better teams than the Lakers. And as we get into playoff time, you know, 
I don't mind if you talk about it for the next few days. Sure. But if it comes to the playoffs and the main story is, um, you know, the the new head coach search for the Lakers, that's when it gets into the, of maybe we're shifting our, now our focus is maybe too much on the Lakers, where it should be on a guy like Joel Embiid. And I think Joel Embiid is, has been the biggest, uh, you know, spokesperson for that. Right. As he, you know, he's think he's being disrespected as MVP candidate, and maybe the and one of the likely MVP candidates uh, into this last week. Yeah. Which brings up another good one of uh, our NBA awards, who we think is going to be taken at home. And I personally think that as much as it, I'd love to see uh, D Book win the MVP, and he's definitely worthy. Mm-hmm. I think, but Joel Embiid has just been uh, not human uh, this <laughs> NBA season. Yeah, from like playing two K with his, with his what, coach's kids. Yeah, he's just that guy. To he's just, so vibrant. He's fun. He brings his energy to the team that's actually winning this year. Uh, that's why I don't like Jokic uh, for MVP. Sure, he's great. Uh, he's led this you know team of no one else to the playoffs. But Embiid actually has a good shot at winning right. this thing with James Harden. Uh, and as much as I would love. For Booker to actually get this thing, because I have Booker over Embiid personally, mm-hmm. but I think the NBA should just consider doing Embiid. Right. It's not only the numbers; he has been putting up the numbers as well as Booker. But the mm-hmm. one thing that stops I me, mean, like you just said, from that Jokic Embiid debate, has been one of the deciding factors. It's it's you know how is your team performing? And the 76ers have been incredibly, incredibly um, uh, just great this year. I'm just gonna try to find another adjective, but. My, my brain wouldn't let me. Right. <laughs> but uh, that's just who they've been. That's I think that's one of the side That's why he's, you know, uh, been that main candidate. It's, it's because of the re- it's the reason that, you know, they've been playing so well. Uh, another another category is coming out is Rookie of the Year. And who, you know, I have personally, I love what I've seen from Jalen Green from Houston. That's been, you know, that's been my Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Just what I've, you know. What I've seen from him and the, I love what I saw from him in the, was it the Rising Stars, game? I think what or is that what it's the yeah for the rookies. Well, for well the, did you love what he, what first, you saw in the dunk contest then or? No, well that's a, <laughs> well that's why I almost had to consider my you know that that dunk contest almost. The thing is, you you are looking at Jalen Green, but he literally has the worst record in the league, on his team, like that he's on the worst team in the NBA. Which is fine. Yeah, he's great in that spot, but he's the worst team in the NBA. Mobley, Evan Mobley, on the other hand, is actually in the play-in tournament. Scotty Barnes is in the play-in tournament, right? And Cade Cunningham, yeah, he's also out. But Barnes and Mobley, great candidates, both in con- on, in competition right now. True. I think I'm just uh, I might be a fan of the uh, the underdogs of the. And I hope I hope Jalen Green gets more attention. But personally, who I think is going to win, I think it's going to be Barnes. Yeah. I think Barnes will get the... And then... Uh, I think it is, too. For Coach of the Year... Uh, Monty. Monty on three. Yeah. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> then, uh, Monty wins. <laughs> yeah, I just... it's, it's Best coach in the league. It's no. not even the big... Yeah, let's but not talk about it. Sixth man of the wins. year, I think there's... For me, it's one can... And there's a lot of different candidates, and you can make cases. For for me, it, it's one. I like to hear it. It's Tyler Hero. I love to hear it. <laughs> the Kentucky product. The, it just... 
you know, I think his role fits so perfectly in Miami. Yeah. And it's why Miami, I think it's why Miami, why Miami's doing so well. It's, you know, you yeah, have Tyler Hero coming the off the bench. game with them, too. You know, when you have Tyler Hero coming off the bench, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, as that's money, man. Yeah, and you don't need him for defense because God knows he can't really do it that well. But the offense is fantastic. Last year it was slacking. The year before that it was on for his rookie year. But now for his third year in the NBA, yeah, sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero. It's not, not even a question to me. No doubt. And then defensive player of the year from the Suns. Should be. And uh, got a shout-out from a former defensive player of the year today. Draymond? Draymond Green. Yeah. And who he thought was going to win, he said, undoubtedly it should be Macau Bridges. And yeah, I think it should be. The one thing he said, it's like he's not a he's not a good on-ball defender, off-ball defender. Right. He's just a good defender. You know, he's able to do both. And I think that's why in Phoenix the uh, the broadcasters call him the Warden. That's his <laughs> that's his nickname in Phoenix, the Warden. And that's that. It just shows how just also the wingspan. That's why they also. Like I said before, used him to grab the, the basketball from the top of the camera well. Yeah. This dude just has a, uh, just a no, he's crazy wingspan. He's fantastic. I would, Draymond would be the competition, but he's missed so many games right. that Mikhail has just surpassed him. I don't, I'm not hearing about any other competition from ESPN or anyone else. Uh, I just hope it is Mikhail. And yeah. if it's someone else, I'm going to be shocked. Right. Most, in, but then there's the other ca- category, most improved player of the year. Sure. And I think a lot of people were talking about John ja Morant, yeah. uh, which is you know is right because of the the step he's taken this year. Yeah, he's an MVP candidate too, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least he should be. But I think I believe Miles Bridges should get a lot more credit from. I know he right. from what if we're going just off last year to this year, Miles Bridges has taken you know a huge step. I th- you know Jai has you know obviously, but then my you know but what Miles has been able to do. Leading the team and you know his leadership role right. has developed, helping Lamelo out exactly. A lot. Uh, it, he was the favorite at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was talking about, oh, Miles Bridges is going to win this. Miles Bridges all the way for most improved, and that I like that a lot. But Charlotte Hornets haven't been overly like surpassing a lot of you know expectations. They're right where they kind of you know, belong and mm-hmm. what everyone thought. So Cleveland, on the other hand, is my kind of dark horse. You have two candidates there. And Jarrett Allen and Darius Garland, uh, I really like both of them. They both put this team back mm-hmm. uh, before, like you know, LeBron left it. Uh, they were like in the playoffs for a long time. Now they're just in the play-in with Colin Sexton being out and Jarrett Allen being out as well. Uh, Garland should be considered for this, I think. But at the end of the day, it should be Jaw in my case. I think it'll be Jaw at the end of the day. I think I think it will. My opinion, I think it'll be Jaw mm-hmm. because of how well the Grizzlies are performing. Right. Of you know what Jaw's been able to do, leading, you know, offensively, and then defensively as well. There's been some amazing defensive plays from from John Morant this year, and just the all around game that he's just improved on. You could just see the what he's done the off season. You know the work that he put in from year. What was that? His second year in the league last year. Yeah. That would have been because he got drafted in 2019. From year two to year three, you know, we we know all about the jump, the jump that people take that, you know, from, oh, it's always, you know, year two to year three is always the jump of, you know, you can really see the the development in those two years. You know, I think it's kind of been the, 
you know, unless you're the chosen one, you know, I think people kind of talk about that's kind of when the, when, you know, you know, your second or third year in the league, that's kind of when you get to, you know, know how the game flows. Right. And I think Job Rams done an amazing job yeah. of that. I have to mention the curse of most improved, though. Do you know about this curse? I, I do not. Okay. So back in 2019, Siakam was the winner. Most yeah. improved. Next season after that, sucked. Seriously. Yes. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Sucked. Horribly. Next year after that was Brandon Ingram. And he was an all-star that year, too. Yes. The year after that, wasn't an all-star ever. Yeah. Like, it still hasn't been. The dip. And then last year, you're going to love this one. Julius Randle. Oh, yeah. Was the most improved last year. Made to the playoffs. Four seed. Mm-hmm. Lost to Atlanta. Yeah. Look where he is right now. Yeah. Out of the playoffs. Sucks. Everyone thinks he's going to get traded now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, forget the Madden curse. This yeah. most improved player curse is really... No, it's... And what if what happens to Jaw then? Derek Rose and Sabin? Ooh. <laughs> ouch. Well, that's the... That's the isn't it, that would be the MVP curse. Oh, but, that's true. Yeah, but, yeah, we haven't but, exactly seen that. But Jaw, like... I mean, but, he plays just like Derek Rose. Yeah. And what... I think what Jaw has to be careful of, of not only just the most improved player curse, mm-hmm. just, you know, as long as his, this injury thing doesn't keep flaring up for him. I hope this isn't a... And everyone goes through injuries in their career. You know, everyone's done it. But, you know, this one keeping him out and then being reevaluated. You know, I, I just hope it doesn't come back to to get him. I don't personally think it will. But, because, um, you know, I love what I see from uh, Memphis. You know, I think a lot of people have them as uh, their favorite in the West. I personally don't. I think it's Phoenix when they play at their full potential. But I think Jaw's going to be one of those players that once you do... Once he keeps improving, he's going to be one of those players that um, people are going to be people like you know like a Chris Paul kind of you know caliber are going to be one of well I want to play with Jaw I want to be with this this kid right well <laughs> it's just <laughs> this has been a this has been a stacked episode it's seriously like I'm looking at the time right now 37 minutes of Coach K NBA awards NBA playoffs Kyle Lowry's statue Quinn Snyder's gum falling out of his mouth Remy um, and MLB Jones minute. Yeah. Good job, by the way. This has been yeah. thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. And so this is this was our one shining moment and uh it really was it's the end of our March Madness coverage. Uh so you'll never hear from March Madness uh, on this podcast again until next year probably. Uh, right. <laughs> Very true. One shining moment.